1: And so here's my thing, is the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, they traded for A.J. Brown, and they went on there. They went to the Super Bowl. A.J. Brown was nearly the MVP. Well, it would have been Jalen Hurts, but you understood what happened. Jalen Hurts brought an instant credibility to that team. On the other side of the football, the Kansas City Chiefs got rid of Tyreek Hill, and a lot of people, myself included, thought that they would eventually be exposed because not having that playmaker – uh, when they when it got to the playoffs was going to to show itself but ultimately it was not a big deal because and I know that both quarterbacks are great but what it really comes down to the common the common denominator with both teams in the Super Bowl outside of the fact that both of our, our GM and assistant GM came from those squads but the thing of it was their offensive lines were immaculate the Kansas City chiefs a couple of years ago when they lost in the Super Bowl Patrick Mahomes was harangued. He was chased all over the building. He looked awful. They scored nine points. This time, they did not even touch him. No sacks. And even the Philadelphia Eagles, their sack was kind of a scramble, sort of got out of bounds, but they were not getting on Jalen Hurts. And it's down to the offensive line. And I'm pretty sure that Ryan Poles was taking note of everything that was going on. And I think this leads into his big plan. I think he knows what he needs to do. And right now, looking at the Chicago Bears, I think that just by watching the Super Bowl and everything that it transpired, we now know that the offensive line is going to be the extreme focal point of this offense. we got so much to talk about. So you know what, Sammy? Enough of me screwing around. Let's start the show.
2: Turn up your volume. Up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, Sick Podcast. with Adam Ray to cut it back Justin Fields making magic happen there goes Fields Touchdown The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Underdog Fantasy for entertainment like no other It's gonna be sick
1: It's Tuesday night you know what that means it is time for Take it to the rank a special Valentine's Day edition That's right Valentine's Day uh where else would you rather be than to sit here talking about the Chicago Bears with me it's funny because at around 10 minutes ago somewhere around 4 50 Pacific time our producers Sammy texts me frantically he's like oh uh yeah. Valentine's Day do you still want to go do I still it's it's too late now pal we've already the the Valentine's Day dinner has commenced we're already done we've already made the plans and everything that's gone on uh, is going to go on. So we're going to be here tonight talking about the Chicago Bears. We're on the clock right now. It's too important. A Valentine's Day is great. It's too important though. We got to talk about it. And of course, joining us as always from BoxSports.com, the great Carbon Vitali, who is all over, all over the Super Bowl. You are the star of the Super Bowl. It seemed you and Gronk. No, no, stole no, no. stole the show. Gronk
0: for me? sure did. Rob, Rob, Rob did.
1: Rob was everywhere. Is he like, what is his deal? Like he is always on television and uh, what happened? How would, how, how did you just happen to be in his, in his orbit the whole time? Like if you're going to draft somebody and I don't mean draft, like if you're playing fantasy or something like that, I'm not going to do the underdog read. Don't, don't pull up the lower third. But if you're going to, if you're going to be in somebody's orbit, like Gronk seemed like the perfect person. <laughs> how did all that come about?
0: Well, I mean, we are co-workers technically, um, wow. which, so we, we got to talk for a little bit at Grand Beach very briefly because this man is a well-oiled machine and has to make all of his sponsors happy and all that other stuff. So I was lucky enough to steal a few minutes with him just to, just to catch up um, because actually I had seen him earlier in the week, Fox held their press conference where they made all the analysts available. Um, and so we were in this big room and I was just talking to some of these guys and I couldn't even get to Gronk at that point because I I don't, there's a picture somewhere on one of my social medias that was just like this entire huddle around Rob. And just, I mean, for the whole hour he was just being peppered with questions about this, that, the other, this was actually, this was right after Tom Brady also had announced that he was going to go to Fox. He was going to take a gap year and, and go to Fox in 2024. That should, should be his first season broadcasting. So between that and the Super Bowl and all that other stuff, Rob uh, Rob was the busiest man I think last week um, of anybody because he was doing that. He was doing some analyst stuff. He was doing the pregame show for Fox. But then he's there. He does Grand Beach every year, whether it's it's the last few years have been at the Super Bowl, um, and he like putting on that production is insane. He was doing this the field goal for FanDuel, which he didn't end up making, unfortunately. Right. Um, but yeah, no, Rob and I, 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 you know, he was very good to me when we were at the Bucks together and we were just kind of poking fun at the fact that we were now coworkers again. I told him he was following me. Um, but it's okay. We're, I'm, I'm on the good side now. We go back and forth about University yeah. of Arizona and Arizona State too. So that was right. the big thing too. We were in Sun Devil Country. So I was like, you're on my turf, man. Like, I wasn't in his orbit, he was in mine, as far as I'm
1: concerned. Yeah. It's funny because of the rivalries like that. I always, I always trip up because uh, our good friend, uh, Stephanie Smalls, who's been on this show before, she hates John Rahm. She doesn't hate him. She's irritated by him because obviously the Waste Management Tournament was going on. And I'm like, what? And it finally, like, I feel like Terry Benedict, when he realizes his casino has been ripped off, I'm like, ah, she's a U of A girl. He went to ASU. Nice, I too. get him. And of course, you and John Robb would be simpatico because both we of you here. are Sun Devils. So. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, that's a, a quick aside yeah. about that. But it is cool. Yeah. Who is the person, though? Uh, I, I want to ask this question because for years, it's always me. Like, whenever the NFL Network makes people available and they got, like, Rich Eisen and Mooch and uh, Kurt Warner and all those guys, they'll have tables set up. And yeah. uh, I will not be invited to that event, but will set up my own table. Like, it's so sad. And then uh, then nobody shows up. So I'm sitting there alone. Who's the guy? Who's the guy of the Fox team? Who, who, who doesn't, who, who does, I, I can't imagine anybody not wanting to talk to any one of those guys. Maybe Men- because Menifee's awesome. Like he's a great guy.
0: I will. So. Yes, he is. I will say that Jay Glazer and Kurt Menifee were, ha- had like, so they had these backdrops Yeah. and like Rob had his own backdrop and he was like one stool in front of the backdrop. Jay Glazer and Kurt Menifee had, had to share a backdrop and they oh, were no. there two stools there. But like, I mean, the whole time people were talking. To them. Like, I actually had a re- like really good conversation with Jay, um, and, and got to you know kind of get in on it a little bit. But I was just kind of like looking around the room. They had the a- the A team, the Fox's A team that was calling the game on stage, and you had to like wait in line to get mm-hmm. up onto the stage and talk to those guys. Um, it was it was very well organized. It was it was just funny though because honestly, so Super Bowl media night happens right. Yeah. And you have guys with podiums and then you have the guys walking around and you have like the practice squatters that like, don't get the podiums. They don't get up, you know, they're, they don't get up on stage. They don't want yeah. would normally talk to. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so they're just kind of like milling around, like trying not to be seen. Cause they don't actually want to do media. <laughs> I likened that because then like, well, we were there, like I had a badge around my neck that said talent, but I'm like, no one wants to talk to me. Obviously like I'm the practice squatter. That's like just kind of yeah. in the room. <laughs> I don't yeah. like, like
1: hey, so and then, me
0: and my staff were like, yeah, we were the practice letters of Fox.
1: And you can see them looking at your badge, like trying to see right. what your name is, like hey, you, you Carmen, like hey, you know, like one of those things. Um, I get that 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 was typically me because every once in a while there's a fantasy dork who's like, oh my god, or there's a Bears fan,
0: right? We'll yeah, there's Bears fan, there's, fans, and there's, there's and an NFL. You feel like, yeah, hey, I'm looking, like I'm
1: look at me, Ison, like I'm famous, like people know who I am. Um, but it is a lot of fun. But it is cool too being down there. Um, oh, yeah. One of the best things about being at the Super Bowl is all the the after after the workday events. That Gatorade yeah. has. I always used to go to Gatorade's party. I love oh, their party. Uh, and, but you get to see everybody like you know, kind of uh their their hair down a little bit. Like I remember Chris Sims and I had a wonderful conversation one time a couple of years, ago, incidentally enough, at the Gatorade party. And uh, so you get to to be in that mix. Let me ask you as you're, you know, this being about the Chicago Bears, and everybody's like, get to the Bears already. All right, we're, get, we're getting there. Um, what was that? Were people talking to you about the Bears? Was there, I know because Justin was down there. I know Jalen Johnson was down there. Was there, yeah. was there talk about the Bears? Were people like, were they kind of primed about it? Or what was, what was the, what was the temperature in the room?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was the same sense made about, Bears are on the clock now, basically. I mean, the game hadn't been played, but we know the Bears have the first overall pick. What are they going to do with it? That was a huge topic of discussion. Um, I mean, Justin Fields spent two, at least two days, if not more, at Radio Row doing media. So, I mean, there is an appetite for Bears content. There always is. It's funny because... I feel like Bears fans, there's a sentiment among Bears fans that national media picks on them, right? Or the national media isn't fair to them. And, you know, like, and honestly, I think it's true. But I think it's true because of the fact that win or lose, Bears fans, and this is a total compliment to Bears fans, they stick with their team, win or lose. And so you know that you can rile up this giant fan base by talking positively or negatively about them and if there's not much going on it's easy to pick on them and they're you're going to get a ton of engagement off of that yeah so it's a catch-22 bears fans i'm sorry because you are so loyal and wonderful to your team and you ride for your team like no other you're gonna get picked on because it means engagement
1: no 100 and there's uh you know there's always that you know, whatever we're doing, and not to pull the curtain back too far, but like when you're doing stuff with Total Access or any kind of show, there's always like, if we can get an opportunity to talk about the Dallas Cowboys, we're going to get it in there. Uh, for a while, it used to be the New England Patriots, but that's going to start falling off, especially now right. as they get further away from the Tom Brady era and just become another AFC team. But the Bears are always going to be that one, and like they'll allow me. I mean, I, I I don't think it's the reason why I get to go on the air, but they always will lean into it. And when the bears beat the Patriots on the Monday night football, they had already planned like, Hey, if the bears win, you're going to go up and like, they didn't script anything. Like you just get three minutes. I'm like, what am I doing? They're like, I don't know. Figure it out. Like go up 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 there and you're going to go up there on stage and you're going to talk for three minutes about the bears, whatever you want to do. We trust you. So we do get a lot of that stuff. So people do want to know everything that's going on and and what makes it doubly doubly interesting this season is in fact, the bears have the, number 1 overall selection and that's going to be a huge topic of conversation. Now, we keep hearing it's it's interesting to me because you hear people talking about, well, there's not the bears don't need a quarterback so they're not as desperate to trade or anything like that and I'm like that doesn't matter. Like teams need to get up there and get that number 1 pick and I I laid this out last week And I I was emphatic about this. I'm like, it's not about whether the Bears need a quarterback or not. It's that that you know that the team at number two is taking a quarterback. So if you fall in love with one of these quarterbacks, then you're going to have to jump ahead of the Houston Texans. And even if the Houston Texans end up being that team that falls in love with the quarterback, they might have to move up a spot. It's not going to be as lucrative as a team jumping up from like seven or 11 or whatever it is to number one. But also, you know, there's still going to be some movement. So uh, what what were people talking about down there in Arizona? What is the consensus? Do they think, you know, the Bears are going to move down? And if so, like, what can people expect?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that the overwhelming majority of rational analysts that aren't trying to just rile up the Bears fan base are pretty much in the camp that, yes, the Bears are going to trade down. They should trade down. Uh, Even if it is just to that fourth spot with the Indianapolis Colts. I think we heard Jim say. actually this wasn't in Arizona, but this was yesterday when they, you know, announced their new head coach that they wanted an offensive minded head coach because they're going to have to develop a new young quarterback. And I think if you watch that press conference, you see Ballard just like side eyeing him like stop talking. You're tipping our hand. And I think that that, um, but that's the general consensus though, is that the bears are the team to trade with because yes, Houston is going to need a quarterback. And if you are in love with one of these guys, uh, you're going to have to get up to that top spot. So I think all of the people who weren't, you know, just trying to get some, get, get clicks, get engagement, get all that kind of stuff. I think that is the rational thing to do. Uh, But who am I? I mean, maybe some people really have that uh, opinion that they should trade fields. That being yeah. said, that was the overwhelming. The overwhelming majority of people I talked to um this week was that yes, the Bears should trade down, they will trade down, it's just a matter of how far they trade down. Yeah. Nobody's uh, asked about that a bunch. So
1: yeah. yeah. I can imagine nobody takes the trading fields thing seriously because there's just no reason to. There's it's just not gonna happen. And let me ask you after watching Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl. To me, I, I think it just goes it, it strengthens the case for Justin Fields. Like sure. that's I honestly like I love, I love Jalen Hurts and I think he's a fine quarterback. He's somebody I wanted the Bears to draft in the second round last year or two years, three years, whenever whenever he came out. I think Justin's gonna be better. I just do. And that's you know what? I know I'm I've, I've got three hot takes for later today, but I think Justin's gonna be better than Jalen Hurts, and I think that's and watching the Super Bowl. Jalen hurts nearly won that thing. Like you know, it was it was touch and go and he had an opportunity and things things break differently here or there. then they end up winning that Super Bowl. So I, I think that the bear, I think that strengthens the case for for Justin Fields. I know that you were never wavering on Justin Fields, but would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that Justin Fields uh, started from a higher level than Jalen did. So I foresee that his ceiling is probably also higher. But yeah. what Jalen Hurts did do in that Super Bowl, which I think was the most impressive and which is the biggest kind of endorsement for him going forward, is that he played beautifully. He played wonderfully. This is like a 24-year-old kid in, playing in his first Super Bowl. And I mean, there, I know there was the fumble, but he rebounded immediately. And you saw, yeah. I feel like you saw so much of him and Sirianni's relationship in that series. Fumbles the ball gets the ball back immediately, and they go down, Jalen goes right down the field, and then for the last play of that drive to score, Sirianni puts it back in Jalen's hands on a designed run and has him run in from four yards out to score that touchdown and to immediately make up those points. So the way that Jalen carried himself, and I think that confidence also comes from the people that Howie Roseman has put around him. I mean, you talk about, you open the show, talking about the offensive lines, and that was the biggest thing for me in the Super Bowl is now you get to see how important and how crucial, very tangibly, that offensive line play is. Because those two offensive lines played lights out. Both of them did. And we've seen that, we've seen that from the Eagles all year. You've got, like, two potential Hall of Famers on that, on that line itself in Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. But, yeah, and you said it. Jalen Hurts' sacks were, I mean, all right, they're sacks. But, like, they weren't anything egregious um and they played well all game and then the chiefs i did not give the chiefs enough credit when yeah. it came to their offensive line i
1: didn't yeah not at all and like
0: i feel horribly for that because i'm a big offense. and I, I you know i never want to say like i am i am and i always said that eagles had the edge though i never said that that you know kansas city was bad on either side of the line but i mean to pitch a shutout like that and then also to pave the way for you to run for over 150 yards, Sirianni told I asked Sirianni about like was there anything they were doing to mitigate the pass rush in, in particular after the game? And he was like, you know, they honestly what I what I heard out of that was like they ran it a lot more than we thought they were going to. And like it was also, you heard the Chiefs players talk about that too. They like Orlando Brown was telling was telling reporters we didn't know how much we were gonna run, but it, that's what was working. And they have that flexibility. And so in general, I just think that I know this was about Jalen Hurts. But yeah, no. by extension, I'm we all, saw I'm all... how, Im- how, Im- how important offensive line play is to a quarterback's to bring this all back to Justin Fields, to a quarterback's development. Because Jalen Hurts doesn't take that leap, quite honestly. Not even a step this year. He took a leap. He doesn't take that leap. He doesn't become an MVP candidate. He doesn't, he doesn't now prove himself as the face and the future of the Philadelphia franchise without having those guys in front of him. And I think you can take that lesson with you back to Chicago and say, all right, and I don't think anybody needs to tell polls this. He's not a former offensive lineman, obviously. So he knows the importance of offensive line play. That has to be one of their top priorities uh, in this draft, in, in free agency, even um, to get a really, really solid brick wall in front of Justin Fields, because that is going to help his development tremendously.
1: No, I agree with that. And uh, again, the Super Bowl being the most, Telling the most illustrating possible, the most telling of all, of just showing you great offensive line play means, even yeah. though AJ Brown was incredible. But and Patrick Mahomes is on another level than everybody else. But you know, he's making stars out of Juju Smith Schuster, who might have died today, uh, at least <laughs> metaphorically
0: <laughs> and, 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 on, and on like, social media.
1: <laughs> Boy, why? Like it's. Now, for those of you who didn't see it, JJ, excuse me, uh, didn't post kind of a funny little joke, and then AJ Brown just destroyed him, like I've never seen before. It, AJ Brown like kind of channeled the Rock, and the and it's just uh, you got to go see. Actually, if you follow me on Twitter, I retweeted it and uh, I commented on Twitter it. Piece. So make sure uh, make sure you go check it me. out because it's hilarious. Uh, it's one of those things, just like why why did you bother? Juju, just take your Super Bowl ring and be done with it. But no, I don't do your thing. Do what you got to do. But I do think that it's uh, it's important to go out there and get the offensive line, get that thing shored up and, and ready to go. And I, I have no no problem with that. Now, I do want to go through this really quick. But before we do, I want to let everybody know. Uh, underdog Fantasy, still around. Still a great way to be involved, not only with the with the draft, but we got March Madness coming up. There's a whole lot of things. If you've ever ventured, into fantasy basketball uh, you might want to check out underdog fantasy right now the easiest way to get started is go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and uh, make your initial deposit and underdog will, will match it up to a hundred dollars yeah pretty cool it's a pretty cool way to get started if you're sitting here you're, you're a week away you're a week out of football and you don't know what to do with yourself you've never downloaded underdog as i've told you week after week go do it right now go get into some of this basketball action because like you know what i'm like a am like a huge nba guy but uh all oh, starting to take a look at some of these props it's a lot of fun go to underdogfantasy.com go check it out and uh, use the promo code sick and your initial deposit will be matched up to 100 so that's a pretty cool way to get started now talking about the draft talking about trading down and i think everybody again is of the mind the Bears are going to be trading down. We do have Chad Reuter. I have Chad Reuter's mock draft set up. Now we've invited Chad to be on the show. He's going to join us next week. Uh, Ooh, we're gonna have, yeah, we're going to have not you and I. Sorry, he's not coming ah, out on Tuesday night. Sorry, I'm sorry. Listen, we're going to have uh, we're going to have My Ian guy. Kenyon on. We're going to have Ian Kenyon on with okay. us great. next week. But uh, we're going to have a special episode, and I'm breaking this to Sammy too. By the way, hey, we're going to have a special <laughs> episode. Uh, where Chad and I were just going to go through his mock draft, but uh, we'll try to we'll get him on later. Uh, But I wanted to get after this right now because this is the first time, especially on NFL.com, where a lot of the NFL.com guys just aren't projecting trades. And Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky and Lance and those guys are just like, ah, like the Bears are taking Will and you're like, dude, they're not staying at number one, so stop it. Chad Reuter was the guy who had the guts to go out there and so project the trade. So here was what he had. He had the Texans. Moving up to number one, uh, the Bears would end up with a round three pick for this season. So we get their third rounder, but their first round pick in 2024 and a mm-hmm. uh, fifth round and uh, and then the, we said a fifth round pick to them. But I think let me ask you just on this part of the trade alone. I know this is not what everybody is hoping for, but the fact if, you know, and this is of the mind that the Texans are taking a quarterback. So we're going to still get – we would – doing this, moving down one spot, getting a third round, an extra third rounder, which is essentially a second round pick according to some people. That's still a third rounder, but still a high third round pick. Getting that number one for 2024, do you like that move, yes or no?
0: Yeah. Um, I guess I'm thinking, though, that like that would actually probably be the dream scenario because I also feel like you would trade down again. Like, oh, yeah. I don't think that you would, I don't know what he has in there necessarily, obviously, but like, I don't know that if you traded with Houston and you traded down to the second spot, I don't mm. know that you'd stay there because yeah. like, again, you also think that someone's going to want to come up for one of the other quarterbacks Of course, because um, quarterbacks just rise and yeah, I don't know. But, okay. yeah, I don't know if that would right. happen, but no, okay, I would. Right. I think I would do it either way because I mean, you're again, you're not going to lose out on a player that you were already going to pick. Yeah, and I just think that the return be better. Yeah, and the fir- and the first rounder for next season, great. Like when you're talking about trading and getting an extra first round pick, like this year, there's only a couple teams that you can trade with that have that capital to give. You know, right. so like, yeah, I would be fine with that. Especially because the yeah. only
1: means are moving down one spot. Well, then here's here's what I he I would does. want
0: more though. I would probably want well, here's, more though. Here's
1: what he does in this scenario. Uh, of course, going off the press conference today, then the Bears trade down one more time with the with the Indianapolis Colts getting their first round pick for this season. So that means they would move to number four, getting a second round pick as well as a second and third round picks in 2024. I don't know if that's quite enough, but still mm-hmm. you would end up with a second rounder, uh, a third rounder. You would stay in the top four, get a second and a third rounder this year, a first, a second, and a third next year. I know that that's not as sexy as a lot of people would initially be thinking. That's a lot of draft picks. And especially getting a first, second, and third next year for two teams who might end up being in the top 10 as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I... Yeah. I guess it also depends on how much you think the Colts are going to turn it around this next year. Yeah. And if they're going to be like, yeah, that you would be okay with that. But I mean, yeah, as many, honestly, as many picks as you can get in the top 50 this year, um, I'm pumped. Even in the first three rounds, because you're still looking at starters in the third round at this point. And yeah, it sets you up again for next year. I I feel like there's a really large sentiment of people that are like, okay, we have all this capital this year. You know, we have the draft. We have the cap space. We have the draft capital. All the other stuff. This, all of the things that the Bears need to fix and to get them to improve upon, it's still not going to be able to be done in one year. Yeah. Now, like, so you want to look at this as kind of like a two two year out plan, I would think. And if that's the case, then yeah, that all that all that capital that you're going to have now, you're going to be set up again like this next season. And now you can start to talk about. All right, this next season in 2023, maybe you you fl- you flirt with a winning record, maybe you flirt with a wild card spot. But then year after that, if you're flirting with a wild card spot, you have all of this capital, you know, left over. Now you're you're talking about. Okay, no, this is this is the real deal. You're you're talking playoff team at that point, uh, for 2024. So, I just think we need to start you know, maybe keep in mind that not everything is going to be fixed in one off season. Right. And, or I guess th- this is the second one, you know, with, with polls, but um, even with as much capital as we have. So think of it as like a two year plan. And then you could be really, really happy about a haul like that.
1: 100%. to all that, I mean, like it's one of those things too. Like I've said this and people <laughs> don't, I I don't, I don't understand. I, people don't understand what I'm saying is that, because last week I was talking about players, like Keenan Allen, Khalil Mack, if, if those guys are released, they're going for teams that are Super Bowl ready. Right. I think the Bears are approaching playoff level. Like a seven, like the number seven seed in the playoffs now, not a good team. Like they're just right. typically not a very good team. I know the Giants won a game, but they were playing the Vikings. That doesn't count. Uh, the Seahawks. Not very competitive in their game again. They're fine. They're okay. They're competitive (laughs) against the 49ers. It was a divisional opponent. So I think that's what kept it a little bit closer. I think if the Seahawks were going up against the Eagles, that would have been a route. But you know, like the seventh seed, not great. And it's really easy for these teams to kind of like slide in. Like, oh, excuse me, we could be in there. That's the level I think the Bears will be competing for. I think the Lions, I think what the Lions did this season was another great scenario. And again, Given what Chad has pointed out here, and we would be taking Will Anderson at the number four spot, according to his mock draft, we would be in a position like the Lions were this season, where it's like fun. Like we're going to be the hard knocks team, probably. Nine and seven, like nine wins or nine. What is it? Nine and eight. Jesus. I hate that. I hate seven. <laughs> nine wins, flirting with the playoffs, a big win here and there, fun. People enjoy it. Everybody loves Justin Fields. Everybody loves fantasy football, so they'll be loving Justin Fields even more. Uh, We'll see some guys step forward as well. So, like, yeah, a fun type of team. Not close to the Super Bowl. It's fine. But still a team that's going to be competitive, and I think the Bears are going to get there. And if we're in a situation where we're competitive and also having Houston's number one pick for next season, possibly the Colts, uh, and there's also, you know what, and, and again, if you're sitting there at the number four spot, you can almost trade down again if you're if you're not completely sold on Will Anderson and you look at like, you know, if uh, you want to get something from the Carolina Panthers, the Tennessee Titans, one of those teams. because to me, and I pointed this out last week when you're out gallivanting uh, in Arizona, is uh, Houston's taking a rookie quarterback. Indianapolis has taking a rookie quarterback. You don't hire these first year coaches, don't need a veteran quarterback. Derek Carr is not going to Houston. He's not going to Indianapolis. He's definitely not going to Carolina. If you see the rumors with Derek Carr connected to Carolina, that's not happening. Carolina's drafting a quarterback. I will tell you that right now. I I can't reveal, but Carolina is drafting a quarterback. They're not going to go after Derek Carr. And again, first-year coaches, they do not want these veteran guys because it does them no good. Robert Sala trying to keep his job in New York. Yeah, veteran quarterback makes a lot of sense. If Aaron Rodgers emerges from his darkness retreat and wants to retire, then I think that Derek Carr is going to be plan B. And I think this is going to be part of the reason why Derek Carr takes a little bit of time. Like, I know that New Orleans makes a lot of sense, but he's smart enough to be like, well, I'm going to wait. Because if Aaron Rodgers retires and the Jets want a quarterback, I think that Derek Carr in New York makes a lot of sense especially for a team so close to the playoffs. Um, But in any event, what about some questions? I'm sorry, Sammy. We've been talking so long here. We've been ignoring our good fans. uh, And Mark is talking about, I just don't see why Houston and Indy would trade up with us. And again, Mark, it comes down to who is the quarterback that you covet. Like if if Houston's sitting there, and this happens a lot, where – you know, they don't care which quarterback they get. They're like, ah, whatever, whatever quarterback falls to us, we're fine with, but you know what? That never happens in the NFL. And I'll tell you this right now. You have to look no further than the Mitch Trubisky thing because there was Mitch Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, and Patrick Mahomes. The Bears were in a spot where they were guaranteed one of those three quarterbacks. They didn't have to make any trade at all. They could have stayed at number three and no matter worst case scenario, you end up with Patrick Mahomes. That was the guy in that draft. That was considered the third quarterback. Uh, Mitch was number one. Watson was number two. Or if you could have flopped Mahomes and Watson, if I'm not remembering this correctly, but I, to my con- to my recollection, Mahomes yeah. was the third guy. Mm-hmm. But the Bears made a trade because they fell in love with one quarterback. All you need is for Houston to be like, look, we love Bryce Young. We have to have him. Because the Bears could be like, well, we're going to we're going to trade Bryce Young to the Colts or we're going to trade him to the Titans or another team. And you might like Will Levis or CJ Stroud, but that's not, you know, that's going to happen. And that's that's another thing, Carmen, that could work out too is that, you know, if let's say that Bryce, just as a for instance, I don't I'm not mocking these guys into anything. But let's say Bryce Young, Houston trades up, they take Bryce Young. What if the Colts come in and they're like, we, they love Will Levis and you're like, okay, well they take Will Levis, the Cardinals stay at number three. They, the Cardinals could move out of number three. I mean, there's, as we think about moving down from four, the Cardinals could be the team that's like allows another team to move up there. So three quarterbacks go with the first three picks, but if the Cardinals stay at number three, take their guy, they might fall in love with one of these two defensive players. They've hired a defensive minded coach. So they might, you know, they might want to just stick with one of those guys. Then, sitting there at number four, if CJ Stroud is somebody's quarterback, if the Carolina Panthers are convinced, like, and again, this is just a for instance, CJ Stroud is there, like, they'll move up. So yeah, so there, there is a there is a great reason why these teams because they love these quarterbacks.
0: It's that, and it's I think when you look at the Mitch Trubisky trade up. John Lynch did a hell of a job selling that he might take some, some he might take a quarterback, he might take something else, like to move up one spot. He uh, he played that beautifully, like he played the Bears like a fiddle. He he really did because they I don't they weren't they weren't going to take anybody other than Solomon Thomas the entire time. But you never know, and that's true. It's when guys fall in love with when these when these GMs fall in love with these passers, and especially when you know you look at this quarterback class. Sure, it's top heavy with the top two but it's not a particularly strong quarterback class necessarily. If you need one of those guys and you're running out of options in free agency or you don't want to get a veteran in there, you can't entice a veteran to come, then, yeah, I mean, you're kind of – you're limited options. And so you're, you're kind of forced into those situations where you don't have a lot of leverage. And I, I, it, it'll be interesting to see, yeah, if Houston does go up that one spot because then I do think it opens the door then for someone to trade up with Arizona. And because they they know the Bears aren't going to take a quarterback, you're pretty certain that Arizona doesn't want one. So you can save yourself whatever capital, you know, you would be between the second pick and the third pick. Um, But then again, you never know. And again, if Arizona wants to stay there and the Bears are okay with whichever defensive player, like you said, or, I mean, even if the Cardinals fall in love with one of those defensive players, knowing the Bears are going to take a defensive player, stopping the Cardinals from trading up one spot to make sure they get their guy. I mean, I'm yeah. just throwing that out there. No, but there's like, a lot of that too. There's, there's so many like moving parts and, and and pieces that are going into these draft boards in these draft rooms, all these scenarios are being discussed. There's all these backdoor deals and kind of, you know, shenanigans going on, especially like we'll see it in D at Indy, uh, the combine, like all of that stuff. It, it all it all plays a role and it you never truly know what teams are thinking until draft night
1: yeah it's one of those things too uh robert ursay wait jim ursay excuse me jim, jim ursay is a uh, a great example of somebody that you just don't know what he's going to do and that that could obviously impact the way the houston texans operate they've got an inexperienced front office and let's be honest that's not the most well-run organization. I know that people sit here and take shots at the Bears and uh, what we've got going on, what we've done over the last 20 years or 30 years or whatever it be. The Houston Texans have not, not been a model organization as well. And so when you see Jim Irsay, you're like, you don't know what that guy's going to do. So you can convince Houston to move up. And I think that in addition to what John Lynch did with uh, you know, intimating that perhaps they could take a quarterback – there were also rumblings that the Browns were going to jump back up and take and jump up cuz like I think that was another hot rumor too is that, you know, Mitch was an Ohio guy and the Browns were like, "Oh, the Browns could move back up to number 2 and take him." So again, they the Bears got played and, you know, we see what happens and hopefully that's not going to be the case. Hopefully Ryan pulls coming from an organization like the Kansas City Chiefs we hope that he knows what he's doing. We think Philadelphia, Ian Cunningham, these guys know what they're doing. So, hopefully, we've got our big boy pants on, and uh, we're going to go out there and rook some of these teams, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So there is, but there is in There is incentive for both the Colts and the Tech, and and for the Colts too. Like the Colts cannot stay at four; they absolutely run the risk of not getting any quarterback because that's that, and that's that's another thing that Ryan Poles has. In his Arsenal like you don't know if the Cardinals are gonna have the Cardinals probably not going to uh probably not going to stay you know obviously not going to be taking the quarterback but they might trade out what if they don't love one of their guys so it's all right. all about poker and getting these guys a little bit nervous and hopefully I would hope that they make the Houston move quick and then try to get the Colts to jump up but we'll see we'll see what's happening all right Sammy how about a how about a uh, oh gosh the Bears 85 is back uh what is your limit on moving back or can there be a good enough uh you know what I don't think there is a limit I mean like if the bears were just moving down what like accumulating picks all over the place I'm all for it because as Carmen was intimating earlier this is not a a one season thing and as much as everybody loves the two guys at the top of the draft defensively we're talking about of course Will Anderson we're talking about not Will Levis uh Will Anderson uh, we're talking about, I mean, there's even like guys like Christian Gonzalez, Paris Johnson Jr., Miles Murphy. Like, there's a lot of, there's like a lot of dudes. So, to me, I know that who everybody is talking about being the first two defensive guys off the board. I don't, I, I don't know. I would just rather have more players. I think that's mm-hmm. the thing. And I think that's where the Bears are right now is like, we're not one guy away, as Carmen has mentioned. Like, we're not one, like, like Will Anderson's not coming in and we're not going to the Super Bowl because of him. It's not a Nick Bosa type of situation. It's going to take a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of dudes and so the more that we can get in and I think that you know you can trust Ryan Poles for what he's been able to do uh, for some of the the draft picks that he's already made so I think that
0: it's better off. I think I think there's no limit. Let's get all the players. Yeah, I mean, there's Bears have so many holes to plug. So you don't need to even stick with defense. You could get one of the offensive linemen. Like, we were just talking about how important offensive line play is. So go get one of those guys in the first round. And then especially if you have traded back and you've gotten so much more capital. And then you're talking about, again, more as many picks in the top 50 as you can get. And that goes into the second round. So high second round picks. Even into the third round, though. I mean, we're seeing... You, you see starters all across these, these three rounds. And I think, again, we also get caught up in first round, the glitz and the glamour of the first round, and these guys that, honestly, though, they're not necessarily sure things either. So there's plenty of first-round busts. And that's the thing, is when you have this much work to do, you have to not only think about quality, but you have to think about quantity. And I also think that Ryan Poles, in his first draft, earned Bears fans' trust in his evaluation process. Because yeah. he hits on Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon with his first couple of picks. And he was able to make a starter for this year out of Braxton Jones, who had took his lumps short, but he's a fifth-round rookie out of Southern Utah, playing left tackle in the NFL. Like, that's, he, but I think that he can turn into a really good player, too. So you're looking at guys like that, and you have no choice, or you shouldn't be worried about the evaluation process that Ryan Poles has in his arsenal. And, and again, coming from a really good organization in the chiefs. And then you've got your right-hand guy is Ian Cunningham who helped put together the Philadelphia Eagles. And I just think that they're a very well-crafted team. So with all of that, he's deserved some trust as far as his evaluation, which means that you can maybe, you know, relax on having to hit in the first round or even the, you know, the, the top of the second round, because you know that these guys are going to fish out, those diamonds in the rough even into the later rounds. And that's where those picks are going to come in handy and stuff like that. So I don't think that there is a limit on how much you can trade down because the more you trade down, the more of a haul you're going to get.
1: No, I love it. I love it. And I think back to, to some of the organizations that have been dynasties over the you know the last 20, 30 years and like how well it's just been all about the draft. And I know that the Dallas Cowboys are a team. And I know that nobody's nobody remembers this because it was so long ago. But the way that Jimmy Johnson and this, and incidentally enough, like the draft trade board, trade board uh,
0: comes, is Jimmy, comes from Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy yeah.
1: Johnson. Uh, if you go back, if you're an NFL historian, if you ever want to go take a gander at the Cowboys drafts starting with 1989, um, I think if it wasn't the year, if it wasn't the year they drafted Aikman, it was the year after where they drafted Emmitt Smith, moving up to take Emmitt Smith, but also they took like Mark Stepnosky, Daryl Johnston. And like all these studs, they draft one year, they drafted Russell, Maryland. They drafted Darren Smith, two guys from the university of Miami who went on to be, you know, productive NFL players. But like, it was those kind of moves that ended up making everything work for the Dallas Cowboys. Number one, because they had already had Troy Aikman and number two, they were able to just build in and get the best players available. Robert Edwards was a guy, Darren Woodson. Like think about all these dudes who came in and, and performed well for the Cowboys. You've never heard of any of these, not you. But, like, a lot of you are like, who are these guys? Like, whatever. I, I study NFL history. So, trust me when I'm telling you. It's a lot of fun. But it's all, it's all about, though, being able to make those – like, trading down and doing all that stuff, but also making the right picks, which hopefully I, I have a lot of faith. And last week, we, uh, we did break down why Braxton Jones was a better player than a lot of people are giving him credit for, if you want to yeah. go back and check out that show. If you're bored, got nothing to do now because the season's over – uh, you can check out last week's show. It was just me rambling, but uh, it was okay.
0: Uh, and- he'll he'll have the benefit now of a full NFL offseason too to bulk up. And I mean, he's very well aware that he needs to get stronger and that he needs to kind of put on weight. And he will now have all of the time to do that. So,
1: but you can't, but you can't teach his athleticism, which is what this offensive line is going to look like. Very active. That was one of the things, you know, we had talked about last week is that this Philadelphia and the Chiefs, we showed it on the, in the Super Bowl as well, like how off, off athletic offensive lines who get out there and get on their blocks and open things up, when you have athletic players in front of your athletic quarterback, it is going to be a world of difference, and I think we're going to see that starting this season. Okay, how about another question there, Sammy? Is it possible to draft Young and then trade him if you don't get a decent offer? I mean, it is possible, David, but then again – when you're holding it, you know, it's not as, it's not as, I don't know, it's not as lucrative. You know, it's like going to the Nordstrom rack, buying some stuff and then trying to put it on Etsy or Poshmark or whatever it is. It's never going to get the return that you think it's going to do. Think about your like fantasy drafts where, you know, you draft two quarterbacks and you're like, I'm going to hold on to this quarterback. And then somebody's going to panic and then nobody does. So I think you're better off. I mean, if, worst case scenario. The absolute worst case scenario, you get the defensive player that you want or an offensive lineman, you know, who knows you get a different player. Like there's probably, they probably don't have a quarterback as their number one player. Like if you look at like Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 board, like the quarterbacks are never the top guy. Maybe Trevor Lawrence was uh, during his draft, but it's always some other defensive player. And you know what? And it works out. And look at what happened last year in Detroit with Aiden Hutchinson. I know he wasn't the top player. And, and Walker, who went to uh, Jack, but uh, for for Jacksonville, like those, it still works out. Like those are good players, yeah. you know, and right. it's not as sexy. But you want to be able to, yeah, you want to be able to kind of move that around. And I think that the quarterback, the the difference is, there's better quarterback pro- prospects this season than there were last year. But I don't think that I don't know, I don't.
0: Yeah, I don't you, you like you give up leverage if you just have Bryce Young. Because for all we know, someone wants to trade into the top spot to get CJ Stroud or Will Levis even. I mean, like you now have like, you've, you've given up some leverage in that you hold one of those options. And not to mention like, yeah, teams to have the option that, that they pay a premium to have the option of who they want. So if you take away that entire option or some of those options and you're, you just have Bryce Young, well then it's gotta be the team that's in love with Bryce Young. And it's also the team that wants to take, like, again, there's just, there's so much manipulation between how these picks are traded and everything like that. So I just think it's really funny. Like the bears are sitting with the most leverage of anybody in this draft. They control this draft board and you give up that control. If you take one of those players, because then you leave, you know, all those other options off the table. So you want as much leverage as possible, as much leverage as possible means, you know, having all of those at your disposal and and having a team pay a premium to go up to the very, very top spot and have their pick of the litter.
1: Yeah. It's very fun being the top pick in the draft. I mean, not for us. We want to trade it. But for other people, they should go out and they should try it. Uh, Let's do one more question if we can. And then um, if we do, should we really pay any free agent wide receivers top dollar trendsetter? Thank you so much for the question. I will say this looking at this looking at who would possibly be available, there's nobody who really interests me like I would rather try to make a trade but it'll be we'll be curious to see if guys like if DeAndre Hopkins just becomes a free agent if Keenan Allen becomes a free agent uh one of the Tampa Bay wide receivers which i I don't anticipate this but there's not somebody it's not like Justin Jefferson's available and even Christian Kirk who who worked out fine last year for Jacksonville but to me, And Carmen, you might have a different look outlook on this. I don't think that there's any guy where you're like, yeah, you absolutely have to have this wide receiver.
0: Uh, I think if you do think that that is going to happen, then you need to get on him ASAP because you saw like Christian Kirk, um, Christian Kirk ended up being a discount. Like Christian Kirk ended up being a value pick and a value add once we saw You know the trades happen, and this the wide receiver market just really starts snowballing. Yeah. So if you're going to go after one, which I do think you should, though, that's the one thing is that I'm not convinced that I want a number one receiver that comes in as a rookie. I I feel like to get a bona fide number one receiver to really round out everything around Justin Fields, a veteran receiver is probably ideal. Um, and you have I mean the best thing is you have the cap space to do it. So, take advantage of that. Get in early though, because it might be kind of a sticker shock in the beginning. But then, yeah, you saw what Christian Kirk was able to do for Jacksonville this year, and yeah. what his and then where his salary ended up on the list of free agent wide receivers from la, or you know receivers that were given new contracts in, this last year. So um, that would be my only thing. I think there are a couple. I've, I've talked about a couple of different positions where I think that the Bears would be wise to add in free agency versus the draft. Uh, center being among them, I think wide receiver would be great, um, linebacker even. But we'll see. I I listen. I would also love for one of my guys from Tampa to come to Chicago because that would be great. I would get to cover them again.
1: Yeah, right. Now
0: you're I would talking. Be very happy if either Mike or Chris decided to come. Um, but I think of the two, Chris is one of those kind of do it all guys. I don't know if true number one plus the ACL injury, you just yeah. you're still not you know you don't know if he's the same player exactly. Mike is that you know bonafide ex receiver, huge red zone target that I think the Bears would be wise to take a look at if he's willing to leave Tampa. I just don't know oh, if he's, he's willing to leave Tampa.
1: He's going to be out there once once Rogers comes back from his darkness retreat and retires or whatever. Lazard's going to be. I think Lazard will end up being one of ours. But uh it seems like kind of a hot take. And speaking of which, we've promised that we're going to be doing scorching hot takes. Now you were at the Super Bowl. I'm assuming yes. you are You did not write three scorching hot takes. I didn't it's fine. It's okay. I'm going. Things. I have. I have got three of my own. Okay, I can react <laughs> to yours. That? How about or you can leave? I don't know. I don't want to keep you from Valentine's Day dinner, but. Uh if you got time to react I would love it.
0: I've got time to react. Let's go. All
1: right. Let's uh all right. Let's do it. All right, it's time. We got the animation too. So uh let's do it. Scorching hot take number 1. Sammy, roll the animation. Number 1. It will be an absolute mistake. If the Chicago Bears let David Montgomery walk this season, listen, the NFL doesn't pay running backs. Oh, running backs don't matter. Clyde edwards helaire was inactive during the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs won the big game with seventh-rounder Isaiah Pacheco and, of course, Jet McKinnon, two guys that you wouldn't consider to be the classic NFL running back like a Walter Payton or Gale Sayers or somebody like that. But I think that David Montgomery brings something to this team that cannot be measured. And we have not seen him fully operational. David Montgomery has been like the early stages of the death star. We're like, ah, oh, sure. They blew up a couple of things on Scarif, but we haven't seen him blow up Alderaan yet. And that's exactly where he's heading. And to me, with all this pocket that we got lying around, we could sit there. We could draft the seventh round guy. We could try to capture lightning in a bottle, but we have the guy and I think it would be an absolute mistake to let David Montgomery go. Carmen, what do you say? Uh,
0: I, I agree, but for the reason that I think that as much veteran presence as you can put around fields, proven veteran presence that you can put around fields is going to help his development that much more. And having a guy that you can rely on on all three downs like you can with David Montgomery uh, is is crucial. But I think that your the Chiefs' argument that you just put kind of works against you because I think if you you look at Isaiah Pacheco and how much he had to do with their success in the Super Bowl, and you think, oh, you can get him in the seventh round. I don't know. I think that like oh, that there's, there's no argument there. There's no, an no, no. argument there. I I understand. No, no,
1: no. I understand. I understand the argument. I was pointing out the argument. There's a there's a solid argument for it. There's a solid argument to not paying running backs. We've seen it happen time and time again. A couple of years ago, the Steelers let Le'Veon Bell go. It didn't really bother. Well, they didn't win the Super Bowl, so I don't know how good it worked for them. Neither did (laughs) Le'Veon. I know, I know what the argument is going to be. Okay, Okay, we're going to point to the Chiefs. Like I'll, I'll, I'll admit, like it doesn't always. Like, sure, you can get away with it, but why? Why? Let's not get cute with it. You know what?
0: I, I think that, you know, I, but yeah, like I said, I agree. I think that him, the veteran presence that he has, the way that he's been integrated into this offense, and how reliable he is, it would be wise to have I, to yeah. to the ground.
1: I wasn't using Pacheco as an argument, but I, I was acknowledging that there's what the contrarians will say that <laughs> yeah, the the running backs don't matter, people. I don't care what they say. They're they're also the they fantasy matter.
0: Dorks. You just might be able to get them later.
1: <laughs> they're the fantasy dorks that want to go zero RB or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? If you got a stud running back, listen, there's a lot of ways to win these games. I say stick with the guy that you know is going to be a productive member of your team, David Montgomery. Again, I had tip to other teams that are able to get by, Uh, but who's ready for scorching hot take number two. Roll the animation. The Bears are going to get outbid for Deron Payne. Don't go into this offseason thinking that Deron Payne is going to be a member of the Chicago. Everybody would love him, but that's the problem. Everybody will love him. Every team wants Payne to be a part of that squad. Look at what happened with Micah Parsons during Radio Row this past week. He was trying to get Payne to leave the Commanders and come to the Dallas Cowboys. There are 31 other teams looking at Payne being like, dude, Come play for us. It's not going to be the Chicago Bears. And this might this might be the hot take of this inside the hot take is that obviously nobody has more money to spend than the Chicago Bears. But I really do think that Ryan Poles is going to look at this situation and say, you know what? We're not a Duran Payne away from going to the Super Bowl instead of one extravagant purchase where you're like, we're going to throw all our money after one guy. I think we're going to end up just signing a bunch of dudes. And not like just Jags, but I mean like productive, quality players. And I think it's not going to be as sexy. And it's going to be one of those things that people are going to be like, I would have liked. No, I think it ends up being better. I think we're going to have more depth when, you know, guys get injured and things like that. I think it's going to hurt. It's going to help us in the long run. I think I think Ryan Poles is going to be a little bit more cautious with our free agent. We're going to spend it. We're going to spend money. But I think we're going to be a little bit more cautious because as you said, Carmen, we have so many holes to fill. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I don't know that they'll get necessarily even outbid. I think it's a matter of if Deron Payne can choose where he wants to go, he's going to go to a contender. And the Bears just aren't going to be that yet. And I agree with you that Brian Poles isn't going to spend frivolously just because he can. He's always He said that he's going to be smart about this. And again, when you're talking rebuild. Not all gonna be we we talk we've talked about this whole show. It's not just gonna happen in one off season. So you want to make sure you are making smart decisions in the long term, not just trying to get lightning in a bottle for one year because you're not not a couple players away, you're not even a few players away, you're a lot of players away.
1: It's fine. And I know everybody wants to do jersey swaps and everybody's already talking about it. The dream scenarios in the off season. I just don't see it, just doesn't make sense. Like I know, like it would be fun, maybe next year. A player of Payne's caliber Would be worth spending on But for right now, it doesn't make a lot of sense Like, don't don't put up the solar panels Until you build the pool I don't know, I don't know if that makes sense at all But whatever, we're, we're not going to get them Not the people in Chicago That's, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess so that's
0: Very
1: nuanced Southern California take Alright, fair enough Alright, final scorching hot take Of the evening Let's roll that animation one more time And I'm just going to say this because I know it'll make Carmen mad, but the Bears are going to the playoffs next year. I'm ready for it. And listen, I know that I'm going to say it. And uh, wherever, I'm, wherever I'm on television next season, uh, w- whatever network will have me, I will tell you this. I will be making the prediction that the Bears are going to be making the playoffs. And I truly and firmly believe it. I do not think that this team, I mean, from a Super Bowl contender, far away. We're not a player away from winning a Super Bowl. We're very close to being a seventh seed. We really are. And honestly, if you look at all the one-score games that we lost this season, and I talked about this right as the year ended, and I said, listen, we lost these. We were, what, two and nine in one-score games or something terrible? It wasn't great. And everybody's like, that's not the flex that you think it is. I'm like, well, you, you don't understand football because the margin of victory is so slim. Look at the Minnesota Vikings. They got by. That was not a very good football team regardless of what people who cover the NFC North think that they they weren't, they weren't great. They were fine. They were, they were okay, but they're a fine. They're a fine team. The bears are close to being a fine team and we've got an exceptional quarterback. That's the difference. We have an exceptional quarterback. That's going to be able to go out there and win games for us next season. All we need is a credible, not a, not a great defense, credible defense. We turn around a number of those one score games. We go from three wins to nine wins. The margin of victory was not that far away. We showed that we can be competitive with anybody. And I think next year, given that 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 easy, that 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 fourth place schedule, uh, I know we got to play the Chiefs, which kind of sucks, but whatever. I think the Bears are gonna be back in the playoffs. And uh again, I'm I'm ready to be hoist on my own petard. I don't care, and I will say it, but I firmly believe that this team could be in the playoffs next year.
0: Well, the NFC North is also playing the NFC South next year. And the oh. NFC South is not shaping up to look like a very good division. Uh, that being said, the difference also in the Vikings, which, you know, going 11-0 in one-score games, it was like their defense had a lot of work to be done for it. And there's, there's a lot of work to be done for it, I should say. Um, they didn't live up to their potential at all. But now they're you know bringing in Brian Flores. But what they did do well was they came in clutch and they created turnovers. That was the difference in a lot of those one score games. That's not something the Bears were able to do. So if the Bears prioritize that on their defense, especially in generating turnovers, which is something that Matty Breklus is known known to do, he emphasizes you know ball ball awareness at all times by every single player. Um, then I I can get a little bit more on board with that. I don't know if I can get on board with playoffs yet because I also think that the NFC North field is going to be crowded. I think Boy. it's going to be crowded. We had to also keep in mind with the Vikings. That was Kevin O'Connell's first year as a head coach. And he was able to do that. And he was able to get the buy-in of his team. I can't say enough about the team culture up in Minnesota. So I don't think they're going anywhere. The Lions have figured something out too. And depending on what happens with the Packers, this could be a very convoluted division, which is the reason I don't necessarily th- think that the Bears won't get to a winning record or at least you know, be right around 500, but that's not going to cut it, I don't think. Uh, especially to get out of this division. So we'll see. But I, I, it's, I'm not I, mad you, cho- you chose that. You are take. mad. No, 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 I'm you're mad. mad. This was a hot take. I, this is a hot I, take. I, My voice is I, cracking.
1: Good God. I will tell you, you know what? Uh, everybody loved the culture of the Bears in Matt Nagy's first season. Club dub. It was am- amazing. Uh, we saw what happened in year two. Can that happen to Kevin O'Connell? We will see. Actually, I think we got one more. We're going to do one more question, though. Okay. I think it's important. And uh, let me, whoop, hold on. Do you think the Bears will be a way different team next season? Ron, thank you so much for, uh, for, for weighing in on this. And this kind of goes into what I was talking about with my hot take. And what Carmen was just talking about, too, is a lot of the, the principles that Matt Eberflus was trying to stress uh, are not something that's going to happen overnight. And I think that there needed to be an overhaul not only with this team, but the entire organization. And what we saw last year was the, the first step in creating a new culture in Chicago. And this is one of the things I wanted to say as well, is that when I go in there and I talk about the future of the Bears and the Bears are on the clock, we're talking about this on social media, and then people just naturally assume, like, well, the Bears will screw it up again. are I'm like, you know what? Like, I understand the, the negativity and the pessimism, but there, there is no reason for that anymore. This is an entirely new organization. Like this is, a different, this is a different day. And you look at what happened last year. I thought that Matt Eberflus ended up being a pretty good hire. I think he's going to end up being a really good NFL coach. The second-round picks came through. I'm not giving up on Bayless Jones Jr. Everybody knows that. They made some nice picks. They made some nice strides. And people were ready to bury this organization heading into that Monday night football game against the New England Patriots. But they showed immediately, like, oh, we, we figured something out. Now, that did, it didn't really necessarily matter in terms of wins or losses. But the team looked way different after an 11-game buy, 11-day bye, I should say, as opposed, like, from what they had originally looked. And then now, going through the entirety of an offseason, with a chance to build on some of the things that they were working on, leads me to believe that this team is going to be a lot different. And I think that it comes back to something that Carmen just talked about, was making the big plays, being clutch in big moments. One of the big things that helped Minnesota last year, and this happens for a lot of teams, is like, once things start going well in your favor? It's amazing what a domino effect it kind of creates. I think the commanders were a pretty good example of that as well. If the Bears would have beaten – the commanders and then gone on and won that Monday night game in new England. I think that we would have seen them kind of string along some wins. We wouldn't have gone to the playoffs. I I don't think, but you would have seen a lot different outcomes because that team would have had a little bit of a different mentality. Firstly, I don't think Washington plays the same if they don't start winning some of those games. And I think if Minnesota ends up dropping a couple of those contests, um, their season ends up a little bit different. Of course, we, were, we remember Justin Jefferson saving them in Buffalo and all that stuff. So I think this is going to be a different team, and I think it's going to be a different energy. And so I think that you know what we saw last year was just a small taste of what's to come. But I really do expect to see big changes in the way this team composes itself and the way it comes through in the clutch.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the case as well, also given the change in leadership. Uh, with Kevin Warren coming in for, and having a football first type type of guy in charge of the business operations of the Chicago Bears. When you have a football first guy, I've talked about it so many times, wrote an article about it for Fox Sports, that permeates into every part of the building. And when you are making sure that you are getting football, the resources it needs, and you, your revenue kind of thought process is just based on, all right, how can we create the most revenue to then pour back into the team and pour back into the resources we're giving them. That's going to change the culture. Obviously, Matt Eberflus has changed the culture or he started that already, Ryan Poles in general. But then I do think that there is going to be a physical turnover. There's going to be a large turnover, at least on the starting with the starting 22, because you look at the guys that they had on the field and there's going to be, you know, there's definitely going to be a major roster turnover, But even the guys that are kind of left over from this past year, I feel like the Bears kind of started with their depth pieces. And now you're going to start adding in front of them. And that's like what this offseason is going to be as far as in free agency and in the draft and all the other stuff. You're looking to add in front of the guys that you already have. And so you already have that depth built in. But that means that the starting 11 on either side of the ball is probably going to look drastically different as well. Um, But I think it's all a good thing. It's all a good thing. So, and my laundry is done now. So I guess that's
1: my cue. Yep. Yeah. Uh, A lot of good things. Uh, But again, Ron, thanks for the question. I think that we'll be a lot bit, a lot different. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be really exciting. A lot of cool things are going to be happening with the Chicago Bears. We're just starting to scratch the surface here. So I want to thank everybody who joined us here on Valentine's night, uh, who is here for the live version. Or if you're watching us later, uh, we appreciate you doing that as well. going to remind you, Ian Kenyon will be here next week. He's from the 33rd team. Uh, he'll be talking about some of their mock drafts that they've been doing. Chad Reuter, at some point, we're going to drop a special episode with him, go over his mock draft. We talked a little bit about it, uh, some of the things the Bears were going to be possibly doing in this, but we'll go a little bit more in depth. As a matter of fact, if you want to go to NFL.com right now, look at Chad's mock draft. He's done it for three rounds. I don't want to mm-hmm. spoil it all. Uh, I wanted to save some meat uh, for next week, but uh, go check that out and go see him. We'll go and discuss Uh, what the bears could possibly look like after the first three rounds of the draft, but that will be coming up next week. A lot of cool things happening here. So I want to thank everybody for being here. Carmen. Thanks once again. Uh, Welcome back. Great job covering uh, for Fox sports and all the great things you do. So uh, we appreciate you being here. Thanks. All right, there we go. And if they big, thanks to Sammy. Uh, You can go ahead and play us out. As we say, bear down
2: that's a wrap hope you don't miss us too much until next time follow the sick podcast with adam rank on youtube instagram facebook google play and apple podcasts brought to you by underdog fantasy